Alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Hope. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people to hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. That's why I told him, I said, we're not doing gifts. I said, we're gonna, we'll go to dinner tomorrow night, whatever, just spend some time together. But I said, it's better when it's out of the blue, not a day where you're supposed to do it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's... Well, I like flowers, but not when I'm going out of town. Well, no, because you're not going to be able to enjoy them. Oh, yeah, they eat them. They eat them. That's why we can't have flowers. Niles eats all my flowers. Your cat? It's your cat? Yeah. Oh. Brad, this is Kate and Jonathan's sister. She's married to Emily Estock's brother. Check, check, check. So Mike and Emily... I'm Emily's sister-in-law, which Ryan I just put together. And then Paul Altamir is her brother, baby brother. <laughs> Probably some stories. I'll keep my mouth shut. Oh. <laughs> Probably nothing it's, she doesn't yeah. already know. Yeah, all of, those, all of those stories started in my house. You guys ready? Ready or not? I was born ready. Let's go. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Beth. It's Hope. And we are in the podcast studio with the Blakemans tonight. Welcome, Sarah and Brad. Glad to have you here. Thanks. One of you came willingly. Just one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're happy you're here anyhow. So Sarah and Brad have been at the Upper Room for a couple of years. They're going on their 26th year in October. And they have two adult children. Chase is married to Bailey. And Aspen is in school for education. They have an empty nest. Yeah. Thank God. Besides the dog. (laughs) They came to share some of their story with us tonight. Tell us about your love story. Tell them all about it. I met Brad my senior year of high school. I had a good friend that was dating his brother at the time. And I was always saying how I wanted to move out west. And she goes, oh, when... Brian's brother comes in town. You got to meet him. He's he's been living out west, and I bet you guys would just hit it off. Well, I'd been dating somebody for like two years, so I'm I like I'm like no, I can't. She's like, come on, and because she knew like it wasn't a great relationship I was in. Finally, I gave in to her. She was a very persistent person, even to this day. We went on a blind date. You want to add something? No, I was just she's leaving out the part that I had been in living in the absolute wilderness for almost a year. Like, were you off the grid? Yes, uh, living out of a saddle blanket and whatever my horses and mules could carry. So whenever we first met, I was a little bit uh, scruffy, let's call it. What were you doing at the time? Were you Uh, a ranch hand? I was guiding, backcountry guiding in Montana. So we went out and um, with his brother and girlfriend at the time. Had fun. Like, we just had fun. We just went to dinner, went to bowling, and at the end of the night, I was like, oh, he's cute. He's a little short. He'd be a good friend. You know, like, he's easy to talk to. He'd be a good friend. Well, then later that week, I don't know who reached out to who, one of us. I don't even know how because we didn't have self. We had beep, we had pagers. I remember we had pagers. And I was, I don't know if he paged me and then I called, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Remind me again what a pager <laughs> right? is, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We connected again, like, later in the week. After that, like, we just, it just, we just hit it off and that was it. And like, I never went back to Montana. Were you planning on it? Oh, yeah. You were just yeah. home for a visit? I was home for Christmas. Yeah. I came home from Wyoming that trip. Left all of my clothes in the closet, in the cabin, and they are probably still there. I've ne- <laughs> never been back. So you must have been 
either very Twitter pated or you fell madly in love at first sight? I don't know. I think it was, for me, it was mostly being able to make a decision that whenever you have a, a, something in mind, if you're, if you're looking for something very specific or particular and you find it, what is the purpose of continuing to look for exactly what you just found? I guess that's the way that I looked at it. And you guys were really young. Yeah. I was 17. I was, 19, I was when 19 when we met. Yeah. And then when you were married, how old were you? 18. He and proposed I, to me on my 18th birthday. And I was almost 20. So on Sarah's podcast, when mm. she was on here solo, she said she doesn't necessarily recommend that. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't easy. Not Talk to us about some of the struggles that you guys have come through. Oh, there's all, all kinds of them. From the early piece, I think I think the easy the easy way to explain it would be the early times is learning. You're learning how to be half of something instead of all of something. And then trying to figure out what I want and the me's and then change those into we's and us. Um, and I think over time that just naturally happens where you start changing your mindset into looking at everything as, as a whole or as a group or a team versus, you know, your first couple of years, it's all, well, that's not what I want to do. And you're, you're just focused on how you did things and, and how things were supposed to be. I mean, for me, it was, it was hard because I didn't even know myself. I was so young. I'd never been away from my parents. And here I am four months after I graduated high school, getting married, moving in, starting this life that like, I have no clue about adulting or myself. You know, it was it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. Yeah, I had lived on my own since I was 17. And I had a lot of years of at least a significant amount of time to where I could figure out how to stand on my own two feet and make my own decisions and those kind of things. And it was definitely, I think at the beginning for her, I was uh, an easy way out of her house more than anything. How did your parents feel about you guys getting married so young? Mine were supportive. They got married very young also. Yeah, I, and I don't mind, obviously, they let us get married, so it wasn't like they weren't supportive, but they, you know, I think there was definitely caution, and they were worried, but they supported us. Still do. My parents were high school sweethearts and got married at 18, 19 also, so mm -hmm. it was uh, not abnormal to them. Also not recommended or easy, mm -hmm. but not abnormal. Do you feel like the success of your own parents' marriages – for like the longevity and do you feel like that was something that helped you guys stick it out whenever things were having that we model are, to look after i mean we we came from two different very families so are both your parents married yeah but for me i wanted to make sure i did things sorry mom and dad better in my marriage i wanted to do things differently because of what i had gone through as a child or things i had been exposed to or seen that weren't necessarily healthy or you know i wanted to make sure that my relationship wasn't like that. Yeah, and I think mine was, like she said, mine very different. I had more of a, an emulation. I think I, I wanted to emulate my parents' relationship. Mm -hmm. It came from a lot of conversations, and I think those are a lot of the questions that are yet to come, but it all comes down to very open and honest communication in any relationship, e even outside of marriage, but even down to deep friendship. Being able to have hard conversations easily is very important. When you said you didn't even think you really knew yourself, mm -hmm. how did you go through that process of finding out who Sarah was 
at the same time becoming a couple and mm-hmm. still, you know, you're you're joining your lives together and you're creating an identity as a couple, but you're still an individual. Yeah, I think that's still happening. <laughs> no, it. I think just kind of, I don't even know how to answer that. Time, experiences, seeking, prayer, healing, maturing, you know, just growing up. Well, I remember on Rob and Lisa's podcast last year, they had talked about how you you essentially have like a new marriage every six years or something like that. You're constantly changing. So even if yeah, you hit it's one. True. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're yeah. both evolving. And I think that if you can do it together. Right. She's very um, dedicated to learning experiences, stretching herself. Um, nothing is too crazy. She is willing to explore any corner. And that is part of the reason that she's as flexible mentally as she is now is because she's there's very little that scares her. Mm-hmm. She just, oh, let's go see what that's all about. I'm that way somewhat, but I also prefer to have a, a stable baseline. She's very much more not whimsical at all. She's very scheduled and detailed, but she's also very easy mentally changed as mm-hmm. far as if she says, okay, this didn't work, that's gone. Okay, this worked. Let's keep doing that. She's very, very much that way. So I think that lended itself to her being able to, at least, I guess from my side, I think I had to learn that she needed the space to learn who she was. I was always trying to, well, just do this, just do that. And it was very easy for me to see, but I had to allow her to figure out how to navigate that, which is sometimes difficult. When you said you had to go from the me, 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 what do I want into what's best for us? What was that transition like for you? Did it happen gradually? Was there an ultimatum? Was there a... It was years. I, I mean, 10 to 15 years of of learning and life changing, which was shaping both of us, honestly. And we didn't even realize some of it through raising kids, living paycheck to paycheck for years. Where's this coming from? And the stresses of, I don't have a net. You know, I have nothing to catch me. And being able to, at some point, start to realize that we're a team. And if I'm having a bad day, there's no nothing wrong with me saying, I, I need you to, to pick this up right now. And on the flip side, she was able to express, I need help with the house chores and raising the kids, and I, I need help, help at home. And it didn't click for me until... 10 plus years into our marriage. And then I realized that a lot of the things that she was trying to explain, I kind of could figure out what she was meaning. And I just changed that direction and willingly. I realized that a lot of things that I was doing were detrimental to us as a team. And if you look at it as a team, why would a teammate intentionally jeopardize the winning of their own team? I had to process that and it took me a long time. Ten years is a minute to. Well, it wasn't just me. No, she had no. she had hers too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and honestly, like, and I think if we hadn't haven't been in church and had God like try to be the center of, his grandfather married us and get, did our like premarital counseling, and the one thing it always sticks with me is you guys are each a piece of wood, but you got to look as God as like the glue that keeps you together, that just strong that bond. And honestly, I think if we we wouldn't probably be married if we didn't. I'm Have just too stubborn anyways. Yeah, said I do, I did. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned that learning how to communicate and have hard conversations was integral in changing. 
what was the process to go through that of learning how to talk I, and communicate and say hard things? I think it was organic. We just had very open lines of communication. We, we always have, honestly. It wasn't always healthy, far as sometimes it would get argumentative. And then at some point you realize we're getting nowhere. We're going around in circles. The issue at hand is still the issue at hand. How do we get a resolution? And that is by having a conversation, coming to a, an agreement, and moving on. So I think it was organic. We just grew into being able to have those conversations, and we trust each other. And that's that's a big piece, being able to say, I need this, or I think we should this. What do you think? If what she says back is opposing to what I think, let's communicate about that. And instead of just shutting down or saying you're dumb and you don't know what you're talking about, actually have a conversation. I mean, there's a handful of things that always cause problems in relationships and, and finances and, and things of that nature. They're just textbook problem causers. Talk through them instead of arguing about it because you're on the same team. That sounds so easy. It does. <laughs> yeah. For me, it is. I, I'm a communicator to begin with. My love language is quality time. So I don't care if we do anything as long as we can just sit down and have a, a conversation beyond how was your day. You know, like, no, actually, how was your day? And let's get into the weeds and, and dig into, I just want to know what's going on in her world. Do you really? I don't think you really want to, really, if you really know. <laughs> you want to hear about the kids at school? Really? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. So, yeah, that's uh, the answer to that question is I, it just feels organic to me that once you develop the trust to be able to, to have those conversations and know that even if we disagree, there's still deep love and there's no resentment. It's just we oh, disagree. What's your love language? We were just talking about this the other day. Oh, I can answer it for her. Oh, she is full-blown acts of service. I think that's how I show my love. But I think oh. I think I've changed through the years. I think words of affirmation. Yeah, that's pretty good. You can have two, right? You yeah, can have two. Can have two. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. But I think I need to take it, that test again because I haven't. It's been a while. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely quality time and words of affirmation. What have you learned about God by being married? Whenever she brought this uh, question to me, I, the first thing that came to my mind was the application of unconditional love. Actually being able to feel and internalize unconditional love. Like, I don't know that there's anything she could do. She could hurt me, but I would still love her. That's one of the things that I've learned is not only through marriage, but through my kids. They can do things that I don't agree with, or they can make mistakes, and, and I forgive them. Just through through marriage and life as a whole, that's like you can you can actually watch pieces of that play out. Yeah, I agree. It's probably the same for me. I guess I've learned that, you know, God wants your marriage to be successful, and He put us together. He knew we each needed each other. I also learned that I don't need 900 wives. Yeah. yeah. I think about that sometimes. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need 900. He gave me a good one. I'm blessed. Sarah, how do you see Brad shining? I see him shining because he's he's a rock for our family. Like, the kids and his friends, too. Like, he's just he's a solid, solid man, and... If you need him, you need wisdom, he's got it. And it's a level-headed wisdom. It's not, he's not going to just tell you what you want to hear or what he thinks you need to hear. It's like legit, this is how it is. With biblical wisdom and the, just the practical wisdom of life, like he's, he's really good, good with that. Most of the time they don't want to hear it. 
He's a good listener. Same, qu- same, same question. question. How do I see Sarah shining? Yes. It's probably too many different ways to get into, but I think first and foremost, her ability to pour into people unconditionally um, from her kids at school. If you saw the pile of you're the best teacher colored crayon art that we have. We all get it. It's not just me. Everybody okay, but when she, <laughs> she goes out of her way to brighten someone's day. It doesn't matter where she's at mentally, what headspace she's in. Everyone else is being uplifted. She goes out of her way to brighten everyone's day and to make sure that they feel recognized, noticed, heard, important. That's one of the biggest pieces. And she doesn't even realize she does it. It's just naturally what she does. Those people around her, she always puts herself second. And that's one of the ways that she's just a servant. I don't know about that completely, but okay. But thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Recently, she's really starting to... She said about me, and I, I don't know that I can say that that's true about me being able to give biblical wisdom, but she is is able to mentor people in a way that is gentle but firm at the same time. That's very impressive also. So talk to us about this new stage that you're in, Empty Nesters. It's how, fantastic. How have, things, <laughs> how have things changed in your marriage when the kids grow up and move out? Honestly, not much, to be honest, because our kids were... We see them now more than when they were home. Yeah. Honestly, we do. Because when they were home, they didn't want to be there. They're out with their friends, they're working, they're at school, whatever. And now it's like, it, it feels good to that they want to be there now, mm-hmm. like, because they don't have to be there. They they come over, like, Sign all the time. Well we raised our kids to be independent, and, and we are oh, very proud of both of them. And they're doing exactly what they should be doing right now. And that's it's very cool to watch. But the empty nest piece itself... When you leave the sink empty and you go to bed and you wake up and the sink is still empty. <laughs> Tell me more about oh, what that's like. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. There's not Chase's huge load of laundry in the dryer still when I go to put my washing my stuff in the washer mm-hmm. in the dryer. Like, no, that's, I mean, that's silly stuff, but. You miss some of it, oh, but yeah. at the same time, they just stop over. They, they just come over and hang out and we love it. At the same time, we, we like our kids being independent and being able to stand on their own two feet. We're always here if they need us and they know that. But the empty nest part is cool. You want to go on vacation, you go. You don't have to worry about a babysitter. Who's watching this? It's, it's just a very cool place to be. Yeah. It went fast, so I feel like. I was it thinking did. about this the other day, like, wow. Oh, I can't wait till they're in kindergarten. Oh, I can't wait till they're in middle school. I can't wait till this. Can't wait till they're driving. Oh, they're in college. Oh, wait, now they're not even in my house anymore. Like, it. It went fast. When you're in it, it feels like it's dragging, you you know, like in the midst of little ones. So, but it, savor it. I think the piece that I miss, she just touched on it, the growing up, um, it does feel like you blink and it's gone. Aspen laying on my chest and Chase wanting to go play with Hot Wheels and throw the baseball in the yard and pulling fishing hooks out of his feet because he likes to walk around lakes barefoot. Just the, all of the cool little memories that you create along the way. It gives you a lot of things to look back on and remember, but the best part for me is being able to look ahead for them. They have a blank slate and they have all these memories yet to be made and it's really cool for me. And maybe grandbabies one day, so that'll be good. Nah, I'm not changing any diapers. <laughs> I got it. It's okay. So you guys have a unique hobby that you do together. Sarah talked about this. Oh yeah. You guys are in a a duo. Is yeah. that how you say it? <laughs> Yeah, we're an acoustic duo, but we do have a full band, and 
Yeah, we've been practicing once a week with a full band because we're doing a Pink Floyd show on April 8th for the solar eclipse. Ooh, where at? Conneaut, actually, at a winery up there. They're calling it the great gig in the sky. So it's going to be fun. It's been fun. Music is my outlet, my escape from reality. I need that in my life. Is that fun having your wife alongside of you? Oh, absolutely. When I first started, it was in different bands. I, I had a gig. I have to go do this or I have practice. And it was always me just going off doing my thing. Now it's we, which is cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you don't have to worry about, are they going to show up? It's the reliability part. And a lot of times she'll sing something or like say something, do something during a gig. And she'll say, was that okay? I'm like, I didn't even know you did it. I'm so used to her just being on all the time or being just right that I don't even notice it, which probably not a good thing, but... <laughs> When you guys got married, were you both, how would you say your walk with God was at that young age, teenagers, 20, 20 year old? Not great. No. I mean, we both grew up in church. Yeah, we had the foundation. I kind of think we both pulled, I know it was God because he's, you know, he's got our steps ordered, but I think we both were in a place and we kind of helped pull each other out of that by just kind of giving each other some kind of positive and. It was part of the the communication part. Are we sure we should be doing that? And it was, like she said, at that age, I think you have a tendency to want to try to figure it out on your own. You know, this is what I've been told through Bible schools when I was a kid, and this is what Grandpa said and the pastor said my whole life. And I think at some point you have to go through, uh, okay, I need to learn this on my own. For me, pain is my only teacher. That's how, that's how I learned. What advice do you have for... The younger generation that that are thinking about getting married. Oh, thinking about getting married or after they've gotten married? Because those are very different well, things. Well, yeah, that's true. Like, I've noticed that young people that I work with, they don't get married. Well, the way I think of that is there's nowhere in the Bible does it say that marriage comes with a piece of paper and a court document. It actually says quite the opposite. So in biblical terms, they are married at that point. I just think that there's a contractual piece that a lot of uh, the legal side of marriage, you know, you hear about the divorce rate and he lost half of everything, or there's a big feud for years over pieces of literal things that have no bearing on life. I think that's what people are afraid of. And my advice to that is if you're afraid of that, you're marrying the wrong one. Yeah, if you have any questions at all, like if you have any doubt in your mind, you sh- then that's right there, your red flags, like this isn't the right person or this, or you need to wait at least and see what happens. Don't just do it to do it. What's your um, advice for those couples who they're not at 26 years, empty nesters, still in love, but they're in the hard part of marriage where you might have been your first 10 years? Have fun together. Make a point to go on date nights. Get a sitter. Whatever you can, you need to have time together, just the two of you to talk and hang out and do the fun things, you know? One thing we started doing that I really like, we got one of those dating, like those little books, and like you scratch off to see what it is, like, you know, for dates or whatever. And the one thing was create a journal. And so you create a journal together. And then after that, it said, you have a section of it for you and you have it, and your spouse has a section. Just at random times, you're gonna write in that, write the date, write in the little special note and put it somewhere where you know they're going to find it. Okay, so then and same vice versa. Then he he gets it, he reads it, he writes something to me, 
put it, and it's just fun because it's it's like a nice little like encouragement, pick you up kind of little thing, and little things like that I think make a difference too. What's your favorite date night? Oh, that depends. I mean, so I'll every answer the night. last question. I'll answer, <laughs> I'll, every night. No. Yeah. I'll answer the last question before I answer that one. My advice: people that are in in the middle of battle with kids and young ones and busy life is to never stop dating and never forget what brought you together in the first place. Because you can get complacent and aggravated with life, but you actually end up taking it out on the people that are closest to you for no apparent reason at all. So best piece of advice is treat your spouse, specifically men, never stop dating your wife and never stop making her feel like she's wanted. And that will alleviate a lot of things. Second question. What was the second question? What's your favorite date night? Favorite date night? It depends on our mood. I mean, sometimes we we like to just go sit and talk and be somewhere quiet and alone. Other times we love going to see live music, go see our friends play and hanging out. We know that you love to travel. You told me that before we started. (laughs) We love to travel. So that's the exploration part and, you know, exploring new things together always. You don't have to like it. Both of you could go, oh, that was terrible. I don't ever want to do that again. We're like, yeah, we're not doing that again. But go do new things. Don't stay in the rut you're in with the the mundane every day is the same because that just creates animosity. Do you have Uh, any funny stories about traveling that it didn't turn out the way you had hoped? Oh, yeah. Lots of them. You want to share any of them? I guess the last one was we checked into, uh, we went to check into a flight in Venice, Italy to come back to the United States. They couldn't find our ticket in the system. She could see our payment to where we paid for said ticket, but she didn't have a seat assignment. So she told us that we couldn't get on the plane. As the clock's ticking down to where we're not going to make the flight, she tried to charge us 14000 extra to get on the plane to fill the two seats that we were already supposed to be sitting in. 14000 14000 Yeah, so more than that in dollars. But long story short, we said, no, we're going to go back to the hotel and fly out the next day on Air France, a different airline. Anyhow, as we're standing in line at Air France, someone that we don't even know who he was came up and said, lost ticket, broken English. And I said, yes. He said, found ticket, go. So we had to run from one end of the Venice airport all the way back to the other end, check in our luggage, and then sprint through customs all the way through the airport, and they were closing the doors when we got on the plane, and we barely made it. So then we land and uh, But wait. But, but wait, wait, there's more. <laughs> so then we land in uh, JFK in New York, and our flight from JFK to Pittsburgh was canceled due to weather. However, it was 70 degrees and sun shining, so there was no weather. Something was just wrong. And they canceled all the flights, 13 flights to be exact. Everyone was heading toward hotels, rental cars, trying to get on other flights. No other flights available. Trying to make the story short. We get to the rental car place. No, We left our bags because we said, the lady said, your bags will go to the next destination, which would be Pittsburgh. They'll just get there when they get there. But if you want to wait, you're going to probably be waiting all night. And we're like, nope, just send them on. We're getting a rental car. So we go to the rental car place, get on the subway, go to the rental car place. No cars, line out the door to get a car. People waiting for someone to bring a car back. Through conversations, start talking to a small group of people that are standing there. And I'm asking the lady quietly at the counter, you know, hey, listen, I really need connection here with a car. What can I do? I'm trying to work every aspect of what I do for a living to get this lady to give us a car. And I got her close, but she said, I don't have a car. The next one that comes in, I'll give you. 
So she, she said it's going to be hours. So I'm on the phone with our daughter saying, you guys might have to just take my car and come drive to New York and pick us up because we can't get a rental car and we don't want to be stuck here. And they were willing to do it. Well, then one of the ladies we were talking to and she goes, she's waving me down. And I go, hold on a second. She goes, I got a car. I got a car. And I was like, what? She goes, it's a van. She goes, let's share it. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, You're go so ahead. Brave. So brave. Strangers. So, so, Did you know oh, they were going the same direction? Because we, so we this talking, lady was yeah. going to Cincinnati. The there was a, a younger kid that was going to Detroit, Detroit. And, a, and a lady that was going to Chicago. Buffalo. Buffalo. Um, so we all jump in this van. No one we, knew anyone. Well, we said Central Hub would be Pittsburgh. Because we thought, because we said, we get us to Pittsburgh. That's all we need to go. Then you can head to Cincinnati. Detroit's not far from there. Buffalo. So that's what we did. We all hopped in this minivan. And, and I drove, we drove from New York to Pittsburgh by myself while everybody else slept. No, you and the, that kid shared. And he was kind of He crazy. was falling asleep at the wheel, so then I had to <laughs> stay like, up. And, I'll be. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so then, that was one of our yeah. fun stories. Wow. So we got in Pittsburgh at 4 in the morning. Nathan and Aspen came and picked us up at the hotel in where Pittsburgh they were going to stay. AM. And everybody else met up, and um, it mm-hmm. was it was very interesting. We've been stranded many times in random cities, but that's all usually only overnight, and that stuff's not bad. Do you have right. somebody that's stressed and the other person's easygoing? Are you both it, laid back about it? It depends on the situation. We're pretty much go with the flow, but I, I was get... overwhelmed in Venice. I was very overwhelmed because we were out of the country, first of all. Mm-hmm. It's a very expensive place to stay. And I'm like, I just want to go home now. Like, you know, like. We'd been gone for 27 days, 26 yeah. days. Oh, yeah. It was time to go home. But it worked out. God worked it all out. I've yeah. had lots of them, but they're just random. Just last week, I had an air pocket. We had an air pocket and the plane fell out of the sky and my drink hit the ceiling and big giant fiasco. But that was fun. This is why I stay on the ground. <laughs> no. don't, have to, don't have to worry about air pockets. How has marriage exceeded your expectations? Good stew on that one for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's like. I could answer it the other way easily. How did marriage exceed my expectations was the reliability. I'm not the type of person that easily relies on people. And that is the part that has exceeded my expectation, is that I know that I can always rely on her. I guess just experiencing life together, that expect I never thought like to the future really, other than getting married, I'm going to have babies. Like that was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? This naive little brain of mine. But it's this whole bunch of experiences. And being able to hopefully, for me, hopefully, like I was shown by my parents, what a loving marriage is. It's not perfect, but it's a loving marriage. And I think I we exceeded my expectations um, as far as not only our kids, but there's been other people that I know of a few friends that come to me when they, they need, hey, what what would you do? What, what do you recommend? And, and she does also. She has friends that come to her with that kind of stuff. So I never would have a million years thought that we would be able to give someone advice on going through the same crap that we went through. (laughs) Well, we really appreciate you guys coming in and sharing part of your story and appreciate your time and your vulnerability. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Make sure you tune in next week for another special couple. Bye. Bye.